0: that Monday evening before council, I I had a hard time. I'm, I'm reading through these emails of all in, you know, the point form list of everything I've apparently done wrong. You begin to doubt yourself and say, oh my gosh, did I really breach the code of conduct?
1: You're listening to On the Record, Off Script, a politics podcast for engaged citizens, activists, and public leaders in Atlantic Canada. My name is Mark Coffin, and I'm your host. This week's podcast comes to you from Cape Breton, and it's about Cape Breton. Last week's meeting of the Cape Breton Regional Municipal Council was nothing routine or ordinary. Members of council knew what was coming at the end of the meeting, but anybody who was watching would have been caught by surprise by what happened during the final half hour of that meeting. We're going to dive into all that happened in those last 30 minutes in today's show, but in case you're just hearing of this for the first time, I'll just share a hint at what's ahead. Here are some of the headlines from the stories that ran in Cape Breton news outlets last Wednesday morning. From the Cape Breton Post, upset CBRM councillors walk out of closed-door meeting. Mayor chastises councillor for criticizing China port trip. From the CBC, Cape Breton Mayor chews out councillor for comments to media. I'm happy I'm being reprimanded publicly, says Councillor Amanda McDougall. From the Cape Breton Spectator, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to council. We're going to present today's show in two parts. Part one, points of privilege and order. I'll share some clips from the council meeting at CBRM to give you a sense of what happened. Then I'll talk to Tom Urbaniak, professor of political science, who will share his take on where the mayor aired. Part two, point of interest. I talked to Councillor Amanda McDougall about her experience last week, how she handled being singled out in front of her colleagues, the media, and the public what she learned, and some of what's happened since. For those of you who are tuning into the Offscript podcast for the first time, welcome. I want to make a bit of a disclaimer and tell you a bit about what we do here at Offscript. What we do at Offscript isn't journalism. Offscript is produced by Springtide, and Springtide is an educational charity that is dedicated to helping engaged citizens, activists, and public leaders do what they do in political life better. So our goal with this, and any podcast, is to provide a resource for people who want that for themselves. Each week we look for moments, stories, and people that give us an opportunity to dive into an area where we can all learn together. And here we go. At the end of the CBRM Council meeting on Tuesday, December 12th, Mayor Cecil Clark raised a point of privilege and a point of order. Two terms that you don't need to fully understand right now, and ones that we will unpack later. In his first point, a point of privilege, the mayor cited a critical letter that Councillor Amanda McDougall of District 8 co-signed with several others in the community. The letter was about a decision before council on a potential investment by the CBRM in a project by the New Dawn Center for Social Innovation. All of the co-signers on the letter were women, but McDougall was the only councillor on the letter. What follows is an abridged version of the conversation that started when the mayor raised the issue on what he called a point of privilege. We'll also post the full conversation from last week's council meeting as a separate podcast for those who are interested, but it's pretty lengthy, so we've cut it down a fair bit.
2: Okay, before we convene, I would note I have two items. Uh, one, a point of parliamentary privilege. In the Cape Breton Post, December 11th, there was a letter to the editor entitled Defying Logic and Council's Mandate. One of the signatories uh, to that is Councillor McDougall. a matter is before council. And words such as "defies all logic" runs directly in the face of council's documented platform. It seems incredible that council would question the business case behind such an investment. It is tantamount to recklessness and a total disregard of the community's well-being. Questioning the legitimacy of the review processes of other levels of government. And logically, there is no valid reason for council to oppose this investment. For a council member to question the motive, or the integrity, or the intent of their fellow colleagues. It is in contravention of the Code of Conduct that we've all signed when we were sworn in to represent uh, each to treat each other equally and with respect and it wasn't fair to other colleagues to do that and I would note that for future reference for all other colleagues going forward. Councillor McMullen.
1: As far as I know we were still allowed to have our opinion so I don't exactly understand how this is offensive but other things are okay.
2: This is about someone putting their opinion to something that is before council and stating opinion of their thought of council if they don't vote a certain way in a written statement in public. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, Mr. Mayor. Amanda, I, I don't fully agree. I think it was your opinion and your opinion in a group of women and it's unfortunate that you're being pointed out in a Port voider It is nothing she wouldn't have said sitting here in front of every one of us. Councillor McDougall.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm gonna save it because I know I got more coming at me after this. It's interesting, um, I really felt the slew of emails that came at me after making that comment, um, it really kind of defied what we have as a right in the MGA which is permitting and airing the reconciliation of divergent views. It is part of our job to question one another. We're not here to pat each other on the back and get along all Nothing the time. Nothing in that letter was any different, safe a few words, uh, than what I said here tonight. <laughs> that, that group of women that I'm with, it like, it just felt like you were, it just felt like that letter was being pointed out and. Opinions have been shot off in many different forms with many different councillors in the I'm past. not apologizing for the letter. I, I don't think there's any need to. This is a very, very, very respectful, brilliant, dedicated, and passionate group of women that feed a lot of information into, really, a lot of the decisions I make because they are so representative of our communities.
2: Well, I would just note we took an oath of office and we signed a code of conduct.
0: I didn't break the code of conduct. I've already read it. Hmm? I know I didn't break the code of conduct. I do my work every single day under that code of conduct, Mayor.
2: Agree to disagree. Councillor Coombs.
0: I disagree with this even being brought up. I thought it was
3: inappropriate when I saw an email. and I consider it still inappropriate in my opinion that it be brought up today. A lot of times, there's many, many councillors across Nova Scotia have done this. They have written letters. That is our job. Our job is to go out and express opinions. Councillor McDougall, you shouldn't apologize if you don't feel like you did anything wrong and people are telling you you didn't do anything wrong. You shouldn't apologize. I would
2: say in my own uh, parliament, if I ever said to you that you were being reckless, this whole list is disrespectful. It's about respect of your colleagues and the difference again is when there's business and proceedings on the floor of the council and you're trying to influence that outcome from outside of the chamber rather than on the floor. That's the difference. And it is a point of parliamentary privilege and it's one that everyone has the right... You
3: have many citizens going back into the archived uh, recording and actually sort of watching the footage of this debate and uh, then analyzing it more carefully. Uh, so your kudos for that. There, there is that transparency.
1: Tom Urbaniak is a professor of political science at Cape Breton University. And while there are all kinds of political science professors out there, he's the perfect guy to talk to to understand what just happened in the clip you heard and whether it was an appropriate way to raise the issues the mayor raised. Tom wrote the book Action, Accommodation, Accountability, Rules of Order for Canadian Organizations. On the back jacket of the book, it says, whether you are in the nonprofit sector, business or government, this is your guide to lively, respectful deliberations and productive meetings. Run your meetings fairly and effectively. So I asked Tom about what happened at the CBRM Council last week. But first I asked him this question. I thought maybe I would just start by uh, getting you to explain in the broadest sense uh, what the first one he used was. What is a point of privilege? Uh, So
3: point of uh, parliamentary privilege. This is uh, normally a mechanism used by a member of a council, of an assembly, of the House of Commons or Senate Mm. to... uh, raise a concern about something that might be happening that is sort of blocking them from effectively conducting their duties. So let's assume that um, information was shared with all members of parliament, but not one, uh, but one who might be expected to dissent was not given the same information as the other member. That one member might stand up and say, Mr. Speaker or Madam Speaker, uh, I rise on a question of privilege and here is what happened. And I would ask you to please find that there has been a breach, uh, that it should be corrected and uh, that uh, there might have to be some sort of disciplinary action or restitution, Mm -hmm. which the Speaker, if uh, he or she finds that there has been a prima facie on the face of it, uh, problem of privilege, Mm -hmm. uh, would refer it to, or the House, by motion, then, would refer it to a committee to examine what should be that restitution or what should be that disciplinary action. Uh, It's not uh, common for a presiding officer, i.e. the Speaker himself or her, herself the chair the mayor uh, to initiate uh, a point of privilege. So in the
1: clip of the mayor raising the points that listeners will have just heard at the beginning of this show what I took from that was that um, he felt it was inappropriate for the councillor to be publicly advocating for a certain position that council was actively deliberating on and also was frustrated at some of the language that uh, she had used and uh, in a sense, I guess I, I hear that and I think, well, those are fair fair feelings and opinions to have, but it doesn't sound like what you just described as a, a point of parliamentary privilege.
3: Yes, so in this case, the the mayor seems to be referring to a notion of sort of the right of a council as a body and there is sort of a vague parallel with points of privilege that are sometimes raised in parliament where the rights of parliament as a body are asserted for example uh, there have been uh, instances where uh, the minister of finance of a province mm-hmm. decided that the budget would be released outside the legislature and you would have members of the legislature standing up and saying no question of privilege. Uh, The legislature has a right to hear this budget first and to Mm. proceed to deliberate on it. You can't bypass us. Or another instance where an executive, a cabinet was running ads uh, casting a proposal that was before the House as already being a fait accompli. Mm. And even though they might have the majority of seats and everyone was pretty sure it would get passed, there was a certain contempt of the legislature in not taking seriously the deliberations that might yet happen as the speakers have been sympathetic to those sorts of questions of privilege but this i think is different um well uh, i think what the mayor is saying is that uh, a member of council uh has uh an obligation to sort of save the argument exclusively for the deliberation. And that might be advisable in many cases. Uh, there is an argument to be made that, you know, wait to hear what your colleagues might say. Uh, there is another side to this. Um, this is not a two-dimensional question that's before us. Um, there is uh, there's something to be said for what actually happens in the chamber and the arguments that get presented and the staff report that will be presented with, with the recommendations. Uh, but I think if this were to be raised as a question of privilege in parliament by a member, the speaker would probably have cut it off and it saying, that is a point of debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think what the mayor should have done in this instance, uh, and it could have made for a very rich debate to hear these sort of yeah. different arguments about sort of what is the validity of taking this sort of a position, uh, and wait a minute, you didn't hear the rest of the deliberation. Uh, but... In the debate on the issue, I think the mayor should have relinquished the chair t- temporarily to the right. deputy mayor and then actually proceeded to participate in the debate as a member of the council, mm-hmm. uh, raising exactly the same points, uh, but not as a matter of reprimand, rather as a
1: matter of debate. Right. And your, your take is that as a question of privilege, whoever was in that chair probably wouldn't necessarily have uh, felt it to be a... a a similar situation to the ones you described where uh, executives uh, branches of uh, provincial and federal government had been going ahead of uh, you know saying things are uh, complete when they're not or doing things that should be first done in parliaments um, outside of the legislature it wouldn't have been similar enough to those circumstances to warrant uh, a legitimate question of right privilege. it doesn't
3: seem to me to be a case where uh, council was being uh, effectively blocked yeah. from performing its legitimate and ascribed duties right uh, which if such a scenario were to arise would be a legitimate question of privilege that a member could raise in council
1: so you mentioned what you would do uh, or you would suggest to to the mayor uh, if you know he, he wanted to do, do this sort of thing again what would you advise to a counselor who would is being singled out without necessarily being called on by other counselors to to do so, or at least not in a public forum. Um, How, what, tools are there for someone who's feeling targeted in a situation like this to, to respond?
3: I think uh, Councillor McDougall uh, who responded immediately after the mayor spoke uh, d- defended herself effectively uh, and uh, made the predictable argument that uh, sort of I was I have a duty to represent constituents and to take positions on issues and to sort of stimulate debate in the community and that's uh, what I was doing and to my knowledge, uh, no one else uh, took offense or found this to be uh, a direct intimidation of council or somehow defamatory of uh, individual council members. Uh, so in that sense, there there was an effective response procedurally. There is another tool and that actually is one that the mayor next used, which is point of order. Uh, a counselor could have raised a point of order. Um, arguing that uh, what the the mayor is presenting does not fall under the uh, definition of a a question of privilege or a point of privilege. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now presumably the mayor would have ruled against the point of order, a point of order usually calls for for a ruling. Uh, But the rules of council, and council follows Robert's rules of order, Uh, the rules of council actually allow an appeal of the decision of the chair, Uh, something that's not allowed in the House of Commons, for example. The rulings of the speaker are final. And so by motion, a councillor could have said, I appeal from the decision of the chair, that Mm -hmm. that is not a legitimate point of order. And uh, there would be some debate on that, and there would be a vote, and the the, the ruling of the chair could be overturned by a majority of the council
1: hmm so uh, I mean maybe uh, at this point it makes sense since the the next point the mayor raised was a point of order uh, how would you describe that in broad terms
3: a point of order is uh, interrupts debate uh, it can be raised at any time during a meeting uh, and a point of order usually draws attention to a violation of the rules that is in progress. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some exceptions, but usually you know, someone says something on parliamentary right in the middle of the debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Madam Mayor, point of order. Uh, I would ask my colleague to withdraw those remarks uh, because they are unparliamentary. And then you would get a ruling from the chair. Uh, Or uh, point of order, uh, we've we've skipped an agenda item. can we please sort of follow the agenda Uh, stuff like that gets kind of lumped in under a point of order Um, you don't usually have a point of order scheduled on the agenda
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, which was the case in last Tuesday's council
3: that's right Mm -hmm. yes sometimes in Parliament you do uh, but for reasons that wouldn't really apply to the council for example points of order don't get heard during question period so if you have one you just have to save it until uh, right after the question period and then it just becomes uh, a new agenda item that's inserted, point of order. On a point of order,
2: on Saturday, December 9th, CTV aired an interview on TV with regards to uh, the trip to China and Councillor McDougall at that time uh, talked about a growing divide between some councillors and the mayor. It is fine for a councillor to suggest a, a their own opinion, but without identifying or being representative of a group that agree to have that representation, uh, that's just, it's not in order. It is a very much a parliamentary uh, point of order. The naming of other councillors without this is otherwise suggested It can influence people's interpretation. The suggestion and said that we're not in the business of private business as a council. But the decision of this council is we are in that business and we've committed that business. And also saying that it's an, uh, a matter of in-camera sessions becoming all too common, according to Councillor McDougall, which is creating a divide. the Councillor disagrees, can write to the department or the Minister, but to say I've talked to someone in the department and not name that person or have the context of that discussion known is not appropriate either. So I would note that on those items, it is not fair uh, and to clarify, if those are going to be the matters that come forward, uh, they need to be done in a more objective manner. And that's the point of order. Councillor McDougall.
0: Again, it is the position of each and every Councillor here to have opinions. Um, I do not feel like I was incorrect in in those statements. In fact, what an example we had here tonight of a divide due to in-camera sessions being held. You had four members of Council get up because we did not feel like it was necessary, nor were we following the NGA. I'm being reprimanded, I'm very happy I'm being reprimanded publicly because initially this was meant to be done in counts or in camera and I'm sure the conversation around the table would have been very, very different. I'm allowed to have the opinion that yes, after all of the processes that we went through, I'm actually a little bit ashamed of myself for giving in so much. I should have been stronger all the way through and just kept with my intuition because I wouldn't be here my opinion would have been known long before this. I, perhaps, no, I, I, again, I I just, I cannot find a way to actually apologize. I even sought outside advice from a solicitor. It's a a good test in in toughening up your skin, being in council sometimes, um, but I won't stop speaking on behalf of people. So thank you.
2: And I would note, Councillor, that if you don't think I should be involved with the marking of the port, you have the opportunity Mr. to bring Mayor that forward. you said that at
0: any point during that interview, that I don't think Cecil Clark should be heading up this project. You said so we shouldn't be
2: in the business of business, and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Councillor Coombs.
0: In case people are left questioning if I was supporting
2: um, Councillor McDougall and if she was speaking for me, on Saturday at 9.05 on
3: Facebook, I wrote, I'm in absolute agreement with Amanda Mary. So yes, when she says that she was speaking for me, With my permission, she was.
2: Councillor McMullen.
1: And as far as speaking on behalf of Council, saying there's a dividing Council or Council, I've done numerous interviews in the paper where I've referenced Council as a whole. I don't feel that it really should be a point of order. I think it's an opinion that you have every right to have. And based on the clarity, the knowledge, the background, the experience in the last year, I don't see that you did anything wrong either. Thank you.
2: And I would disagree as presiding officer Councilor I'm sorry to hear that some feel there's a divide in the council because I didn't feel that. It's no good with the issues we got, right? We have to work together. And when I hear my councillor to the left and to my right saying they feel divided from the rest of us, that's really sad to hear in my opinion. Councillor Gillespie. Thank you, Mayor
1: Clark. And I'd just like to reiterate what uh, Councillor Brookswager said. I was not offended at all by what was said on television uh, nor in the newspaper uh, um, and I do
2: believe that everyone is entitled to their opinion and I think that's why we're here. Councillor Doncaster. I've been around this building maybe more than any other councillor. I've never heard that word divide, you know. I totally support the comments of Steve and uh, Darren there uh, and I totally respect what the, 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 the ladies have stated and I, I have full confidence with them. I think we got to get together and work as a unit here. Councillor Marshall. We're a Bunch of babies, like who's doing this, who's doing that? But really, we got to work together. I'm working with you guys. I'm different. I'm different than you guys. <laughs> really, I, I'm a native. No. Yeah, just hold on. It's a revelation. Yeah. But, but I'm working with you guys, no matter what. I'm going to work with you. I saw the news. And I saw my wife. I said, I command these women. But can we work together? Can we? No, oh, sure. sure. Here, you yes. said, can we?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah? Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But the stop and work to work together, really. Thank you, Blue. Well said, Councillor Marshall. And on that note, we stand adjourned.
1: And, and I guess, again, that feels like something that doesn't actually um, fit what you just described as a point of order, um, where something is happening in the proceedings of the day. And, you know, someone has to stand up and say, I think we did that part wrong. Um, How was that a point of order that he raised in in the second piece?
3: Yeah, I don't think that falls under the rubric of a point of order. The mayor, among other things, raised a concern that Councillor McDougall was referring to council not having a role in marketing the port. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the mayor noted, well, council actually had uh, explicitly decided that there should be a role Mm -hmm. and that this would be part of our uh, mandate uh, going forward. Again, a very sort of interesting and valid point of debate. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then that could lead to sort of a larger debate. Well, what is actually the role of council in marketing a port? And is what we decided previously still valid? Mm -hmm. And we could have a lot of uh, sort of dynamic and forth about something like this very very healthy for the democratic process Uh, but is it a point of order i would say no Uh, again uh, it should have come up in debate on the issue or on a related uh, report or recommendation Mm -hmm. and again the mayor uh, could have uh, temporarily relinquished the chair to the deputy mayor and actually waded right into the debate.
1: I'd be curious for your take on the mayor's position that the real debate should be happening in council. Is there, I guess, a a problem with... uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll back up a bit and just ask, is there some legitimacy to his position and then are there some challenges for, I guess, the state of public discourse and, and the free and open discussions that many of us outside of councils would like to be a part of?
3: So the mayor's previous political experience was in provincial politics and there are some realities and dynamics of provincial politics that are not analogous to municipal politics. So, for example, uh, in the, the province house, uh, the there's an expectation of cabinet solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the cabinet usually does speak with one voice, and uh, if a member starts to dissent from, uh, you know, notably dissent from what the rest of the cabinet has decided, uh, one could probably predict that that uh, person's time in the cabinet is is it's coming to an short. end. Yeah. Yes, it's got, uh, exactly. Council uh, is first of all, it's not a cabinet, although council does have a certain sort of executive authority as well as legislative authority. But council is definitely not a cabinet. Mm. And uh, we don't have parties uh, represented on council. So all of the members of council are there as independents, even if we might know that they have certain party affiliations in federal and provincial elections, that's immaterial. They are there as independents, and there's no expectation of caucus solidarity. Uh, So what that means on this municipal council and on virtually all the municipal councils in Canada, mm-hmm. is that uh, councillors will uh, speak a lot. Uh, they'll say what's on their minds. They'll commit uh, often a lot more gaffes than their mm-hmm. federal and provincial counterparts who are sort of kept in line. Uh, there are no party whips on the council. Mm-hmm. So uh, people before debates, you'll have councillors uh, saying what position they will take and what position they think their colleagues should take. Uh, and after a decision, uh, you won't have, usually, uh, council falling into line if right. it was a controversial decision. Mm-hmm. So you'll still have the dissidents saying, I think council took the wrong decision and I'm going to continue to represent my constituents. And at the first opportunity, I'm going to see if we can review this decision. That That is the nature of municipal politics.
1: Well, thank you for this uh, lesson in, in procedure and municipal governance. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Back to the podcast in a moment. You're listening to On the Record, Off Script. This is a weekly podcast, and if you're enjoying this episode, we think you'll really enjoy getting it every week. You can subscribe to the podcast by searching for On the Record, Offscript, anywhere you find podcasts. iTunes, Stitchers, Pocket Casts, Google Play, Overcast, Podbean, we're everywhere. And if you'd like an email update each time there's a new podcast episode available, you can subscribe on the website at springtide.ngo slash Council, which is presumably where you're listening to this episode. There's a little sidebar where you can enter your email address to get an email every time a new episode of this series is released. Again, that's springtide.ngo slash Council. You can also use that link to share this episode on Facebook or Twitter. Okay, back to the podcast, part two, Point of Interest, where we talk to counselor Amanda McDougall.
0: I got into this. um, Actually, this is my second campaign. So, the first time I ran, it was not successful. And it was actually through a project um, our community spearheaded. So, it was helping to rid our coastline of the MV Miner, which ran aground. Mm. Um, It really opened my eyes to the process how you can, um, you know, work with or perhaps against uh, elected officials to to do good for your community so it opened my eyes it made me really want to get more involved and and be that helpful elected official, I guess you could say.
1: So our listeners will have heard the tape from council last week, where we heard the mayor describe what it was that you were up to in his words. But I wanted to hear it from your perspective. What is it that you were doing that caused such a stir before this council meeting?
0: I wasn't doing anything out of the norm. I'm doing the exact same thing that I've been doing since day one. Um, and that is really expressing the views of constituents, not only within my district, but um, across the municipality. So when we sign our code of conduct and our oath as councillors uh, in it, it's very specific that you are there to represent people first, not solely from your district, but across the CBRM mm-hmm. and work towards the better good of the entire municipality. Um, there were two things that really spurred uh, last week's events on. So the first was an interview that I had done um, Done with CTV News. They came out to my home and were asking about a recent trip that uh, our mayor and some staff members from the CBRM took to China. Mm-hmm. And I was very clear in saying, you know, I'm I'm excited to know that you know the port file is actually moving forward. What was concerning to me was that council um, really were not privy to what the reason for the trip was, what was taking place there, Um, actually like even dates when they were leaving, when they were coming back, and what was actually taking place. Mm -hmm. Um, In that interview, I expressed that there was, there seems to be somewhat of a divide within our council on particular issues, this one most definitely. Um, And it's not about the actual file. It's not about the actual project. It's about the process. To know that we had our staff and our mayor over there I, it To me, it didn't make sense. So that was my question. Right. So that was kind of strike one against Amanda for, for airing my concerns about that. Number two was um, I'm part of a, a group of women, young professional women here on the island. We meet every couple of weeks. We're not incorporated or anything. We just get together
1: mm-hmm.
0: and literally talk about what's happening. So are there initiatives out there or organizations out there that we feel passionately about? Um, and what we do is... We, we just get behind them. Mm-hmm. We we offer our assistance in you know whatever we could possibly do to help that cause or organization. So recently, with the New Dawn um, Center for Arts and Culture b- being you know so huge and so important and having this potential of 150 spaces for the creative um, and IT sector kind of startups. Uh, Yeah, we all feel really passionate about that. So we wrote a letter to the editor, knowing full well that this was going to come to council and council had to vote on whether or not they were going to contribute um, funding-wise. And of course, put my name on that line, I am wholeheartedly for this project have spoken very openly in council about my position on this Mm -hmm. and what came from that was um concerns from the mayor that you know i was perhaps uh demeaning my colleagues uh by trying to influence the vote that type of thing so Mm -hmm. it it's been a Yeah, it's been an interesting week.
1: Uh, One of the things you uh, said a couple of times um, during that council meeting, um, and and some of your colleagues back you up on it, was, um, I'm not going to apologize. And I'm I'm curious, I I guess, just to know a bit, and you knew this was coming um, before the meeting started, uh, and I'm just uh, thinking of our our listeners and and really wanting to make uh it it possible for people who might be in similar situations to know a bit of sort of the uh the self-talk that goes into uh pushing (laughs) through in one of those situations like uh uh, what did your sort of your own knowing this was coming before the meeting happened what was your own self-talk like trying to like figure out how you would respond to to that
0: Well, initially, um, there were a series of emails that kind of laid out exactly what I was going to be Mm -hmm. uh, going through in terms of uh, a reprimand for counsel. Initially, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it it kind of throws you into a bit of self-doubt and emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Um, That Monday evening before counsel, I I had a hard time. I'm I'm reading through these emails of all in, you know, the point form list of everything I've apparently done wrong. Mm. You begin to doubt yourself and say, oh, my gosh, did I really breach the code of conduct? I, am I doing something wrong? Am I misrepresenting mm-hmm. my constituents? Um, so that's tough. But what I did uh, was consult with the municipal, or municipal government or municipal office, officer mm-hmm. with our advisor there, Shannon Bennett, and also um, sought outside legal advice to kind of help me <laughs> At eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. go through our code of conduct and anything in the MGA that I could have potentially violated. Mm-hmm. So, it was after you know a little bit of reassurance coming from you know these these two people who are extremely knowledgeable in both code of conduct and in the MGA that it, it, it was clear again I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, if you look at the code of conduct. It it specifies in there that counselors are supposed to have divergent opinions uh, and engage in debate and ask questions and first and foremost represent the concerns and issues that residents bring to you. So Mm -hmm. um, it kind of boosted my confidence again and got me back to a place where I I was confident going in and saying, I know I haven't done anything wrong. It was just hard because it, it was like, focusing on Amanda because she has a different opinion.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I was kind of caught off guard with was um, how with both of the issues, uh, Mm -hmm. the mayor put some emphasis on the notion that... um, if it's an issue that's already been decided, in the case of the port mm-hmm. marketing, or an issue that's you know presently on,
0: on the being deliberated yeah. on
1: the floor, um, then, then you're, you're not to take positions outside. And as kind of like a citizen who doesn't get to go to council mm-hmm. all the time, uh, in the place where I live, it, it struck me as like that really limits the ability of a councillor to represent citizens. Which I think part of it is uh, you know testing the opinions uh, by putting out yours and seeing what the feedback is. I'm wondering if you can just talk a bit about sort of how you go about getting those views of uh, constituents and residents.
0: Oh, well listen, people have absolutely no problem calling up their (laughs) counselor or sending an email or sending a Facebook message if they have an opinion. Mm. And it's great, it's wonderful. Um, It's why I wanted to be involved in municipal politics. Mm. Um, I don't always get feedback that is positive, Mm -hmm. but that's good, that I'm learning from that. So if I'm doing something that people are not happy with, Will tell me, and I will. I will act differently, do differently, respond differently. Mm-hmm. Um, this was. It, it, I feel like it was limiting our democratic and civil rights. Um, as you know, not just as a counselor, but as a resident of the CBRM too. Mm-hmm. I didn't sign that letter, Councillor Amanda McDougall. I stand as Amanda McDougall, part of this group of women. Um, I know that you can't take your hat off all the time. You're always, you know, being an elected official. You're you're always an elected official. Mm-hmm. But um, again, the first thing that I was told when I talked to Municipal Affairs was, "You are not the first counselor to ever have an opinion, and in fact, we we encourage those opinions, and that is what makes a democratic process mm-hmm. democratic process democratic." Right. Um, there have been counselors on my, uh, you know, my colleagues here who have very publicly expressed opinions. Um, maybe they were more in favor of the kind of general status quo thoughts and opinions in council. Mm. I think that mine was uh, pointed out because I, I, just, I just don't follow the leader, right? Mm. It's, there's no boss. And that's what really upset me about this. We don't have a boss we are accountable to every single person who voted us in and every single constituent in your district. Mm -hmm. There's no one person on council. We all have equal voice there and equal influence in terms of our vote.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I, I feel like the process was not um, respected that evening for sure.
1: So the the letter w- that you wrote was written by a group of women, the mm-hmm. kind of counselors that also felt there was a division on council. seemed to mostly be women, and, and those are the <laughs> ones that seem to have your back at, on the night of. Indeed, is there an element of sexism or the old boys club? Um, do you, I guess do you feel like that's at play here?
0: So. Last year, I was appointed to the Solid waste Committee, and there was this huge kerfuffle that came out of it because some of my male colleagues, uh, again, uh, really questioned my ability to sit on a regional chairs committee. Um, and it it really, it was the women standing up for each other. And I don't know if it was necessarily because we are women or because we are new. Hmm. So that, it, it, it just so happens that us new girls are girls, right? I think the divergent voices that are coming out of this, so the new ideas, the throwing out concepts like, hey, let's actually do some consultation with the public before we make a vote. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not the way it's always been done, and that, that change, that new perspective, is what's spurring this on. And that's what's causing the divide.
1: So just listening to the dialogue that came out, um, I think more after the second question, where there was sort of like some really downtrodden kind of faces on some of the councillors that were like, oh my gosh, there's a divide on council. Like, it makes me feel really bad. I didn't, I mean, uh, in watching that, I I guess it like, I, I was really kind of taken aback that on the one hand someone could not know that there were uh, people who were leaving meetings feeling like you know the group was not cohesive mm-hmm. and also that like is that really that a, that bad of a thing I mean mm. the, the notion that like there are divisions in a in a public body that's charged with making decisions is like it feels, I think my concerns are when I see councils where everybody falls into line and there's Bingo. no sort of it, it almost seemed like the, the, there was some some hesitation around like um, even having kind of complete cohesiveness as a goal kind of on your part. Would that be fair to,
0: oh, to say? Oh, we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we were all sitting there. And like I said in council, sometimes I feel like you know, we just vote and block to get something off the table. Uh-huh. Um, that's not right. I mean, if it's something that we all feel positive about, we've worked through, yes, that's fine, that we all vote the same way, but how on earth could you ever expect a group of 13 very, very different individuals to always have the exact same opinion? Mm -hmm. It's not right. We would not be doing our jobs. And I think something that really um, struck me was, I feel like with some of my, my, you know, the conversation that was taking place, there was almost like a fear to ask questions. Like that, there's mm-hmm. a fear that if you're questioning something, for me personally, if I'm questioning something, I'm automatically against it. But that's not that's not the mm-hmm. purpose of the question. The purpose of the question is to learn as much as you can around the topic. Um, to say that there is a divide, and this is my own personal opinion, not on behalf of anybody else. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Um, we, we're we not a divided council. We are divided on issues. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. That means we're getting perspectives. We're getting different per- opinions. We're, we're really kind of getting into the meat of whatever topic it is mm-hmm. uh, instead of just kind of, I don't know, gliding by it and voting and hoping that you did an okay job. You have to ask questions. You have to, have to, have to. And that is the perfect way to be accountable to the public.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the public, how's the response been since all of this shook out?
0: Really overwhelming. Um, immediately, I mean, social media is a wonderful beast. It's uh, it's incredible to see how many people were replaying clips and having really interesting dialogue and conversation um, in kind of that Facebook, Twitter world. Very, very supportive. There has been some negative feedback as well. Uh, it's part and parcel of the job, you know. I was, I was saying before, I received a really interesting anonymous letter yesterday, and I've had a, f- a couple in the past week of people who are just really, really uh, not keen on my my questions that I ask. But mm-hmm. again, that's good. I mean, I feel like these. As tough it is, as it is to go through these situations, because I'm not gonna lie, it's not easy. It, mm-hmm. it does take a toll on you uh, personally. It's hard not to take some comments personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud of the engagement that I'm seeing in not only the CBRM, but like people are calling from Toronto, people are calling from across the province and in different areas to say, you know, either hey, good job, or mm, I don't necessarily agree, But the conversations are happening. Mm -hmm. And a person actually um, called me and said, I haven't voted in years because I just gave up. I felt like my vote didn't mean anything. But if you need anything in the future, you call me. I want to get more involved. So when you hear things like that, you know you're doing your job right. Mm
1: So you, you you mentioned earlier, I think, kind of jokingly, I learned my lesson. Um, <laughs> but obviously, these experience, like, I, I admire your perseverance in, in going through it and kind of stick to your gunnedness. Um, <laughs> but I am curious, like, if you know the next time this comes up, um, are there things you would do differently, uh, either for your for your own benefit to kind of like weather the storm mm-hmm. more easily, or to just t- to have a different impact?
0: Um, well, I did learn an interesting lesson, so. Um, I will hand it to Mayor Clark. I should not have said generally uh, I'm speaking, you know, on behalf of my colleagues on council. Hmm. I did have the permission of Erlene McMullen and Kendra Coombs to speak on their behalf, and I had that all lined all up. Right. I have to be more detailed in who I'm speaking on behalf of. So that was a good lesson to learn. Um, I don't, It doesn't really change a whole lot. I feel like this has been... This is just the way council has been. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't agree on a lot of things. We do agree on some things. Solid Waste Committee was a perfect example. Um, I think it shows we have a lot, a lot of learning to do as a council as well. We need to fully understand what our jobs are, our duties are, mm-hmm. um, the actual process within council. So when can you call a point of privilege? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> What types of topics are you allowed to bring up is it something that happens outside of the council meeting my understanding now and I'm very gracious for Jim Guy and Tom Urbaniak for coming forward as mm-hmm. you know just political gurus of, of procedure um, and saying that you know we we really should not be bringing up a point of privilege or a point of order on something that a councillor did that didn't take mm-hmm. place in this meeting room So, I'm learning a lot more about Robert's Rules, (laughs) (laughs) which is very complicated, so. um, But I think it will bring more, with every one of these situations, it brings more respect to the process, and and I mean, imagine what can happen after four years if we keep if we keep this up. We could actually have a very very well functioning council session.
1: Yeah, you may even have a new mirror in a oh, short little while. You
0: never know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for joining uh, me on the podcast today, and good luck. Well,
0: thank you, and thank you for keeping these topics. Um, you know, in the public eye and ear, because if we can get more people engaged, uh, maybe we'll have more uh, diversity in in our next election campaign. So get some more people involved.
1: That was this week's episode of On the Record Offscript. Thank you for tuning in. If this was your first time listening and you enjoyed what you heard, you should really subscribe. Find this show wherever you find podcasts. Just search for On the Record Offscript or enter your email for updates on the page where you find this episode on our website at springtide.ngo slash Council. We're off for the next couple of weeks, and you will hear from us again in the new year. In the meantime, if you have story ideas, things you'd like to hear us unpack on the podcast, or are part of a group that might be interested in hosting a live taping of the podcast, let us know. Email offscript at springtide.ngo. That's offscript at springtide.ngo. If you're left with questions after this podcast, questions like how can a divided council, board, or group work better together, I'd encourage you to check out another podcast series we produce at Springtide called Govern Yourself Accordingly. I recently interviewed Adam Kahane, who is the author of a new book called Collaborating with the Enemy, How to Work with People You Don't Agree With, Like, or Even Trust. Here's a clip from our chat.
3: Our mistake is that we were trying to be aseptic. we were trying to be clean, we were trying not to get dirty, and that really limited the effectiveness of what we do. In politics, actually the strongest agreements are those that different people support for different reasons. This is actually what makes them robust. If we all say it's the right thing to do because of this, what if this is no longer true? What if this becomes no longer important?
1: You can find the full conversation by searching for Govern Yourself Accordingly wherever you find podcasts or going to springtide.ngo slash GYA2.